Hey guys, and welcome to the Breathe Out Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Smurl. Our mission is to serve our clients, coworkers, and community. Our goal is to inspire you by sharing all the things we've learned and keep on learning about leadership, culture, safety, and wellness. We hope our message today brings impact and value to our listeners. So let's get started. Well, hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Breathe Out. Today, I've got my good friend, Craig McAndrews, who has been helping us with sales leadership um, and has just been a phenomenal um, contribution or done phenomenal contributions to our company so far. And as we've gotten to know each other, I found out he wrote a book called uh, Soul Purpose. So while I was in Africa, I read his book and then I asked him if he would be willing to share some of the insight from the book and just his own personal experiences on our podcast. So welcome, Craig. Thank you. Uh, and I appreciate the, uh, uh, all the kind words in the beginning. So, um, no, it's cool to be here. Awesome. So, Craig, why don't you give everyone a little bit of a background story on you and what you do and I guess how we ended up together. Yeah, so um, I'll try to do it in as few words as possible. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll start with uh, kind of what I've been doing over the last few years because I spent a long time in corporate America, uh, primarily in the home furnishings business, worked a long time with mattress firm. And then as, as really long careers that you think are going to be even longer, mm-hmm. have a tendency sometimes to do as they just end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mine just like ended, not in a bad way, uh, just in one of those ways that in hindsight, I look back on and think, yeah, clearly God was, uh, uh, was finished with me at that stage wow. of, uh, of my life. So um, after I left that company, I ended up joining the University of Houston as a professor Mm-hmm. So I get a chance to work with students teaching sales and sales-related topics, and it's a, uh, it's a ton of fun, mostly undergraduate students. So that makes it a fun because it's with people who are really serious about their career. They want to get into sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has been a, uh, both a growing experience for me and I think a good experience for the students who get to have somebody who's actually you know, worked in the field mm-hmm. before. And then uh, you know, over the course of that work, I started to do a little bit of consulting stuff on the side because you pick up great things at a university. Right. But you also have to, if you don't stay out in business, then your experience becomes a little bit stale. And Mm. so as I started to do consulting work, uh, primarily with companies on sales strategy and sales coaching and sales leadership, Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, uh, Trey Davis, a Mm -hmm. guy who happens to work here, (laughs) uh, we were in a conversation one day and he just made the comment that, you know, you need to meet Heather. You guys should meet each other and uh, and talk. And so Mm -hmm. we got a chance to get together and have breakfast. And, you know, it's funny because I have told you this story, but I drive by your office all the time. I kept thinking, man, what a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. looks like such a neat place, but I had never come in. And then little did I know that uh, there would be so much energy and uh, so More much energy. More energy inside than outside, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of energy. Uh, there's a lot of energy in uh, inside for sure. So, uh, but you know, as you and I talked, we got a chance to, I got a chance to know you a little bit more, talk about the business and you know, it's a, the type of environment that I love to uh, be a part of. And, mm-hmm. you know, now that I have been involved with it, it's an environment that I kind of have these two rules for how I decide on things that uh, from a work standpoint mm-hmm. is I want to do work that I really like and I want to do it with people I really like to do it with. Mm-hmm. It's about that simple for mm-hmm. me. I love it. Uh, and I get check both those boxes here at uh, here at High Point. So it's a lot of fun. It's so cool. Yeah, so we um, when we met, we were really talking about. I mean, I thought we were going to talk about how to uh, 
get involved in um, the sales program and use it for the career fair and stuff like that. And then as we started talking and found out your background and um, skill set, I was in desperate need of help in that area. So it was, we always say, you know, it's not coincidence, it's God incidences. And that was one of those for me, you know, it was like, I definitely don't know how to keep this uh, ship moving without some help right now. Um, so it's been really um, fascinating to see all that and then to get to know you. And so you wrote a book and did you write this book after you left Mattress Firm? I did. Yeah, I wrote it uh, within maybe the first year after I left. So what what kind of made you, one, make that decision to leave Mattress Firm? Because that was like a great career tra- trajectory you were on. And, and then to kind of take a step back and redesign yourself in a sense. Yeah. The, um, so the, the reason I left, and it, look, I always I describe that career mm-hmm. path for me as literally the greatest professional experience. I mean, I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. I would tell people that I could count on one hand, you know, how many times I went to work over the course of those, all those years that actually felt like work, never felt like work, but, and it's not because it was selling mattresses, (laughs) (laughs) you know, nobody, nobody uh, said, you know what, what I really want to do for my career is sell mattresses. Sell mattresses, right. It all had to do with the people that I had a chance to work with and the work was good work. I mean, in the end, Mm -hmm. you know, sleep matters and we were doing something that we felt like had an impact on the way people live their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Hey, if, if it works really well at night, uh, then the next day is going to be great. And so, you know, that part of the mission and vision and all that with the organization was a ton of fun. But I got to a point in my career where I had, you know, had moved up in the company and had uh, been in a number of different roles. But then there was this one spot that it was like, okay, there's nowhere else necessarily to go. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was a bunch of changes going on inside the company. And I remember uh, being really uncertain about making a change. In fact, at the time, the company had offered me, a, uh, my boss had offered me another role in the business. Mm-hmm. And I loved my boss. He was actually one of my closest friends in the, in the business. So, uh, But he also knew that I was a believer. And so he's like, hey, I know what you're going to tell me. You're going to want to go pray about this. So go pray about it. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. You know, every good Christian answered, let me go pray about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but oddly enough, as I did, um, I couldn't get quite a lot of peace about the role. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one morning, as I was praying again about it, I came across, a, there's a verse in John chapter 16, verse 33. Uh, it says, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. And that morning, the take courage part, it was like someone turned the volume up to 10. Wow. And I literally, this was the question in my head, take courage in what? Mm-hmm. And then instantly I was like, oh my gosh, it's time for me to leave. Wow. It's time for me to go do something different. Um, and I had no idea what the something different at the time would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, you know, it was kind of like, well, we'll see. And that was, mm-hmm. the, that was what prompted the conversation. Here's, the, here's even more, what do you call it, God? God incidences. God incidences. Mm-hmm. I have told my boss that I was going to leave while we were at a conference on campus at the University of Houston. Wow which we were about a hundred yards away from where, you know, if I'd had known at the time, which I didn't, 
a, a year later, I would be taking a full-time job of, right. at the College of Business. So I'd look back on those circumstances. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. And yeah, it just prompted me to, to time to make the decision. And then, you know, I had a little bit of free time. This The book, Soul Purpose Inc., is actually the second book that I wrote. The first mm-hmm. one I wrote was like immediately after I stopped working at Mattress Firm that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done a Bible study with a small group uh, on... Uh, this idea of being a soldier of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, the Bible study kept expanding into a couple of articles. And then one day I had enough material. I thought, well, maybe this could be a book. So uh, this isn't a book plug, but my first book was <laughs> called Enlisted. Hmm. And it was about being a, being a soldier of Christ and what that means. And I love the process of uh, writing. Mm-hmm. It just is a passion of mine. It's fun. And um, the after that book, just it's one of those things that you start thinking about your faith and as I started thinking about my faith and what God would have me doing next in this whole transition, mm-hmm. I realized that the arena that probably shaped my relationship with Christ the most was work. Wow. And so I just started reflecting back on that. And I thought about like, I mean, from when I opened my own business for the first time, became an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. it was during that stage that I surrendered my life to Christ. Mm. You know, I mean, you know this, I mean, having mm-hmm. your own business can bring you to your knees sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and it wasn't the business that necessarily uh, put me in that, uh, that situation. Things were actually going well when I made a decision to right. surrender to Christ. But it was like that early stage of my, my career. And then I look over these seasons of work mm-hmm. and these m- just major themes of what is taught in, in the Bible mm-hmm. about you know some of God's promises. Like I remember this whole season of you know, provision, you know, the Bible says God will provide. And I had, I, I had a long season of having to rely exclusively on God for that. And so Mm -hmm. just as I reflected on all those things and started to write down, it just again, turned into a, turned into a long article that then I thought, huh, maybe this could be a book and just kept writing. It's a great book. It really is. I appreciate Um, it. And, uh, Maybe one day I'll write one. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know if I can fall in love with the process. <laughs> you have, you have, yeah. It's a bit. You do have to like the, like the process of mm-hmm. uh, of writing. And I found that you you have to. I, I don't have a as thick of a skin. I have a thicker skin now after writing a book. Mm-hmm. I didn't in the beginning, um, but you know when people tell you, eh, yeah, that's not very good. You need to re- rewrite this, or you send it to an editor. I remember yeah. the first time I sent a manuscript to an editor, and it was like thirty thousand words or something. They sent it back to me, and it had like twenty two thousand in it. Oh gosh! I was like, where'd all those words go? <laughs> I worked hard on those yeah, words. Yeah, they cut them out, and then you go back and you and you uh, and you rewrite. But yeah, you have to. Yeah, I, I did. I learned. I learned to like the uh, like the process. Mm-hmm. Very very cool. Um, so one of the things that struck me in the book. So when we talked about this, um, I think this came up because we were talking about um, our callings and that you know business is a place that you can have impact and that a lot of times we don't think about it that way, you know? So we have our marketplace chaplains. We talked about marketplace ministry and then you said, Oh, I wrote a book about that. And then next thing you know, I was reading your book. Um, but the chapter that really struck my fancy was lead with love because I sign off most podcasts with lead with love. Um, what prompted you to write a chapter about leading with love and, uh, I mean, I love how you started. You said there was a time when I thought the words love and work would never be used in the same sentence. I believe business was built on intense competition, bootstrapping, oper- um, operating methods, and uh, commitment to winning. 
so we'll come back to the bootstrapping thing. I got a funny story for you there. But on to that. Um, so that was like, I mean, that's a typical, I say man version, but that's the typical idea of what business should be. You know, leave the emotion out of it. Business is business. Um, what made you write about shifting that mindset? Yeah, the... Uh... I think, you know, I, I make a comment, you know, I, I started my business career in the early 90s, mm-hmm. you know, and there was, that was like an intense time of, you know, what was happening in corporate worlds and cut out was, the bottom 20 per, or 10%. Yeah. It's like, go win. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had, I used to own a, own a, this aged me a bit, but these, these, uh, cassette tapes, the Tony Robbins collection, mm-hmm. you know, it was like motivation, like go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was the way to do it. But I, I think what, as I thought about faith at work, mm-hmm. which is really the essence of the book, which is, you know, I've read a bunch of stuff about faith at work and there was a ton of theological stuff out there and I'm fairly simple and practical in my thinking. So I'm mm-hmm. like, look, someone just, I, I want a list of some things maybe that I could go do. Mm-hmm. That would help make it simpler. And that was a bit of the inspiration, but you know, you, you just can't, uh, talk about, or try to reflect anything of God mm-hmm. without love at the center. Mm-hmm. You know how the Bible talks about. Look, they, you know, here's how people will know who my disciples are by how they love. Mm. And it's like the manifestation of God. And I, you know, I reflected on some of just my mistakes over the years of like trying to share my faith, and you know, I was more about trying to get it done. And, check it off a box. Yeah, check the box mm-hmm. and, you know, Lord, hey, Jesus, let me show you what I can do for you. <laughs> right. I will flex you in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I came across situations that it never quite worked out how I intended. And I thought, man, what a, what, you know, how did I miss, how did I miss that one? Mm-hmm. And then just as I continued to think about what do you have to start with? Mm-hmm. It's like you, if, if you want a, the privilege to share your faith with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think it all starts way before a single word comes out of your mouth. Mm. And, and leading with love is, is I think at the, uh, you know, at the heart of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you reflect on Corinthians, um, which you just mentioned. You also had a Bible study on recently, um, which is, I mean, this is kind of the, chapter that they use in every wedding i know the love chapter (laughs) the love chapter um but you you broke it down into you know um some pretty tangible or tactical um ways to look at that and um one of the things you you said was um that it's just dealing with people in a loving and a caring way you know, and then you talked about how you used to be impatient and impatience turned into not kindness and how people thought maybe would never say you weren't kind, but they wouldn't exactly call you a kind person. Yeah, that wouldn't be if you said, <laughs> hey, Tim, how would you describe Craig? Kind and loving yeah, no. would not have been words that people would have used. <laughs> impatient. And um, so how did you shift that? Because that is a hard thing to do. If you're driven one way to totally change the way you, I guess, maneuver through situations, um, how yeah. did you do that? That's a, it's a great question. I have no idea how, <laughs> um, other than a little bit at a time, mm-hmm. uh, over time. Uh, I think that, you know, so much of how I lived my life at work 
in hindsight now, you know, a lot of this I can look back on. Right. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of lies that I had bought into, mm. you know, and there's only one remedy for a lie, which is truth. Right. <laughs> you know, replace replace the lie with the truth. Like I always believed that, you know, there's the there's the Tony Robbins stuff and the old school motivation. But this this one saying, if it's to be, it's up to me. Mm. Like that was one of those that I just bought into. Mm-hmm. It's up to me. I'll get it done. Right. And then as I started to read some of the truth in the Bible and started to get around people who led with love and saw what they did, Mm -hmm. they kind of took the opposite approach. It's like, hey, look, if it's to be, you're going to have to help them. Mm -hmm. You know, like that whole thing of the, you know, the more people you help get what they want, Mm -hmm. the more you'll end up where, Mm -hmm. you know, where you want to be. And, you know, servant leadership is a, is a phrase that I've, I mean, I've maybe heard it the first day I walked into this place mm-hmm. and it's, it's a regular phrase that's used around here. And I think that's the, at the heart of it is that it's that servant leadership. It's about helping, uh, you know, helping other people. And so I think it's a little bit at a time trying to do those types of things. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned a second ago, I mean, I got to I've got around people mm-hmm. who were, who led with love and who mm-hmm. were marketplace ministers for lack of a better term. I mean, I still am connected to a lot of guys who they would just tell you that the reason they go to work every day is for the opportunity to both reflect Christ and how they live, uh, but is to say something about him if they get a shot. Wow. And that became something that just, as I watched it, I Mm -hmm. really became at first intrigued by it. I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. What do you mean that's the reason you go to work? That's not why you go to work. Who goes to work for that? Who goes to work yeah. for that? But then as mm-hmm. I started to go to work for that a little bit uh, each day, just over time, I think the the idea of, you know, leading with love and gentleness and kindness. Now, look, mm-hmm. I, there's probably not a lot of people today who, if you ask them to describe me, would use gentleness and kindness. <laughs> I don't. I don't think, but... Um, I, uh, it's definitely an aspirational, mm-hmm. uh, type of approach I'd, you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to take. Well, it's progress, not perfection. So, so true. And, you know, um, the whole like impatient, um, turns to, you know, kind of pushing or, um, asserting. I'm, I'm very much like an assertive person. I'm just going to jump in and get it done or whatever. Um, but one of the things Brandon and I talked about recently was, you know, a lot of times when we're impatient with the situation or frustrated with somebody else, if we'll check ourselves, it usually has nothing to do with that person. It's all the other, you know, things that are piling up that we're letting aggravate us and we're taking it out on some poor human being down the corner, yeah. you know, or on our team or whatever. And it's not them, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think too, when you start to view things through the, uh, a little bit of an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. like a bunch of non-eternal stuff stops to really matter. It really does. And and look, there's a tension in it always. I mean, I honestly, to this day, wrestle with when to press and assert mm-hmm. and when to not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it's a, uh, it's a tough one, but I think if my, if my reaction in those moments is to, you know, kind of quietly go, Hey Lord, <laughs> Mm-hmm. What sh- should I press or should I not? You know, mm-hmm. like trying to seek some type of of God perspective on it. Then mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a better place for me to be than hey, I'm just going to go do this. Right. 
you know, a little bit of, you know, depending on God versus being independent of God. Mm, That's a good way to say it. Our pastor, we're doing a series on um, The Chosen. Have you seen that oh, yeah. series? Yeah. yeah. So good. And, um, you know, he's like, Jesus didn't say, I'll follow you. He said, follow me. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. It's like, we're like, hey, yeah, Jesus, come follow me. Yeah. <laughs> follow yeah. me through my day. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I kind of hit home a bit. Um, so you broke down like love is patient, love is kind. Um, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast. Um, and so the envy and the boast part, um, I think is something that we wrestle with in every company we wrestle with personally. And I wrestle with, you know, I always say like, um, you've got the the humility part, you've got to be humble. Right. Um, but then it's also the comparisons, the thief of joy. You know, yeah. and it's that comparison of, you know, um, to me, that's where a lot of envy sometimes starts. Um, how do you navigate that in the workplace? Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's another one. I, you know, when it's kind of how do you do that? It's like, man, very carefully and very <laughs> poorly at times. Uh, but I, I would say the, the probably the way I navigate most of this stuff is daily just trying to be anchored in truth, mm-hmm. like like comparison. You know, when when mm-hmm. Paul talks about comparison, and I, I love the phrase he uses, he says that they compare themselves against themselves, mm-hmm. and they're foolish for doing it. Mm-hmm. And like the idea of, look, comparison is foolish. Mm-hmm. So but trying to anchor in that truth. Like as soon as I go to comparison, it's like reminding myself, wait, hold on, hold on. The Bible says par- comparison is foolish. Mm-hmm. And so that anchor in that truth, I think, can help refocus Mm-hmm. how I'm, you know, how I'm viewing things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, envy is just trying to constantly remind myself that, you know, joy is something that, and I know that's a, you know, that's another word around here. You hear, that's, mm-hmm. you hear joy, the word joy all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, joy is something that you want to manifest. I mean, you want to mm-hmm. both feel it, but you want to mm-hmm. reflect it. And uh, you just can't when envy is part of how you're viewing things. Mm -hmm. And so I think the idea of no, you know, choose joy. You ever heard that phrase before, Heather? Never. (laughs) (laughs) I got a good one for you on choose joy, though. Yeah. So um, I heard this yesterday. Joy is Jesus, others, yourself. I like that order. Isn't that great? Yeah. Isn't that great? Um, I was like, man, that's exactly what it is. So I just I, the, the choose part. Choose of, Jesus, choose others, then choose yourself. Like, yeah. how great is that? It's a it's a great order. I, you know, the choose part has always captured me. Um, and in a way that's like, okay, like you, it is a choice. It one hundred percent is. And and when you realize that, mm-hmm. then it's I've found it to be pretty darn empowering. It's like, mm-hmm. hold on, I can choose it. It's not like I have to feel it. I mean, I'd like to feel it. I don't right now in Mm -hmm. a particular circumstance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like, I want to choose, I'm going to choose it. Mm -hmm. And, and I think when you choose joy, then it, it's helps fend off, uh, envy. 100%. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like gratitude. Like you cannot be prideful and grateful at the same time. Mm -mm. They are, they're like the, you know, two magnets that are pushing each other the opposite way. Mm-hmm. They just can't coexist. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing I think with joy and with envy. And, you know, when you, when you realize that, uh, there's a lot more joy when you are 
both excited for and kind of participating in the great things that are happening to other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fun. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's a, it's just a, a, I think a better way to live. So Craig Rochelle, I don't know if you listen to his podcast. Um, I do. But he's probably one of my favorite. And I can see how you just like his teaching because it's so like 20 minutes of perfect content. Um, but he always finishes every podcast with people would rather follow a leader who's always real than who's always right. And, um, you know, when you talk about like that's the next part of Corinthians, which or first Corinthians, which is uh, love does not dishonor and it is not self-seeking. Um, so often we try to dishonor someone else to make ourselves look good. Um, and even as we've been going through our, you know, we've been dissecting our sales process and our sales scripting. And I'm like, this is not okay. Some of the things that, I don't want to say tactics, but the approach of which we're taking is let me show you how someone else looks bad so I can look good. Instead of like, hey, this is more of a black and white approach rather than I got to paint a bad picture of someone else so that I look better. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it's so easy to do that in, in a sales environment, you know, um, and we pride ourselves in not doing that, but you can do it just in the simplest little ways of how you say something can just really discredit someone else. And, uh, that's, that's not, you know, what would Jesus do? It's quite yeah. the opposite. Right? It is I, it, sales. It's part of what I love about sales. It's also part of the, part of the challenge for sure, which is, you know, when you, when you, reflect or when you want to reflect living the way Christ lived mm-hmm. I mean there's a bunch of sales practices that have been around forever and ever they're like yeah well that's not it um, you know but I think that there are also a ton of really good sales practices mm-hmm. that are found in the pages of the scripture mm-hmm. um, you know you read the book of Proverbs and you you find Proverbs about the idea of, you know, keep your mouth shut if you listen and don't talk. Right. You know, that's, a, I think, find that to be a great sales uh, It's principle. one of the best. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it talks about, you know, in, uh, uh, when you lead with integrity, mm-hmm. you'll see that in, in Psalms and you realize, well, that's a really good practice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's easy to, you know, when if, if I find myself leaning towards doing things that, you know, probably aren't real honoring to God. Uh, mm-hmm. The place where I probably get in the most trouble is I call it the exaggeration zone, <laughs> where I'll take something that's kind of true, that's true, right? That has as a, as its foundation truth, but I'll stretch it as a salesperson because I want to uh-huh. make it sound a little bit better than it is, or a half truth in mm-hmm. the sales world. And it's like when I do that, I, I think what I'm saying is, Lord, I really, you're not really that in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm, I honestly, Lord, I'm not sure I can really trust you. Mm-hmm. I really need to do this to make sure that I get this deal or I convince this person that I'm, you know, worth hiring or whatever it might be. And, and mm-hmm. in the end, it's just trying to remind myself that, no, look, you know what? I trust. I need to trust God. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's big enough that if there's an opportunity that I'm interested in, he can deliver it for me. Mm-hmm. And he's big enough that if there's an opportunity I miss, that uh, he can bring another one along. Doesn't mean I won't give you know my best, but you're trying to remember to operate within the confines of hey, look, there's a better way to do it. Like I don't have to stretch the truth. I don't have to bend my integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to put somebody else down. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'm, I think I'm going to be better served mm-hmm. in as being a salesperson. 
in the long run, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot of faith there, huh? It does. I, but I also, it, but it also is a little bit at a time because mm-hmm. both, both, this works both ways mm-hmm. a little bit at a time if you'll trust god and try it mm-hmm. then over time he will deliver the flip side is and this is how it happens a lot we just do you know it's a little uh, stretch of the truth here right. it's a little exaggeration there and then you mm-hmm. wake up down the road however much time later and you're like what in the world did i just say right I, what am i even doing <laughs> yeah i literally am am painting this picture that is not 100% grounded in in reality mm-hmm. because i really want to get this deal or i want to do this thing mm-hmm. and you know you you realize that you, that's that's not that's not the better way Mm-mm. no all right so what about love keeps no record of wrongs oh you know what's funny? You you mentioned this that First Corinthians thirteen. It's like the love chapter. They do it at a lot of weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. They're not reading the, reading it closely enough. No, because the 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 way that love is outlined in that chapter mm-hmm. is really really difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. love keeps no record of wrong. Like what? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't know how that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I look at all those things as, well, if it was possible for me to do, mm-hmm. then why in the world would I need God? Like, what would I need him for if I could do it myself? Mm-hmm. And so when you see a standard like that, you think, Lord, I, there's no way that I could do that without you. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when I'm in a better spot of saying, okay, Lord, this is going to be a tough one, but I'm going to have to let this, let this go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you know this as much as anybody, I think, who's, who's lived you know, any time in their life of dealing with, you know, building a business and just family stuff and marriage stuff and all the things that life can bring your way is that, look, when you hold, if, if, if you hold on to things too much, typically you're the only one who suffers from that. Yeah. Yeah. You you're know, drinking the poison and expecting someone else to die. Yes. Yeah, I always, I always mm-hmm. describe it as it's like, you know, you're throwing those big rocks in your backpack and you're like, man, how heavy mm-hmm. of a thing do you want to be carrying around? Mm-hmm. And every one of those kind of principles in the in first corinthians or those you know have those truths about love mm-hmm. i think is when i find myself trying to live that way mm-hmm. um it's going to be hard and i know that i'm likely not going to get to this point where i'm like i made it i did it you know what i loved without loved holding so well. any record yeah <laughs> right. I no record so of well wrong. i killed it it's <laughs> like i won't I, I won't i won't get there but um, the pursuit of loving the way mm-hmm. I think that Christ calls us to love mm-hmm. uh, is that's the best part of it mm-hmm. is, you know, you're, you pursue it, you pursue it, you pursue it over time. You get, I mean, I hate to use the term better at it, but I think you, it becomes like more you, natural. It right. becomes more your natural way. And, and truthfully, I think that there's just, you just need a lot of it in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I mean, work in general it brings stress and it puts pressure on people's times and it impacts families. And we spend, I mean, aside from sleeping, right. We spend more time. Here. It, yeah. It's where you're, it's where you're spending so much of your time. So to, to bring love into the workplace, to openly talk about it. I love that. I mean, I, you know, love, I've heard the word love around <laughs> high point many, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel it the way that people interact with each other. And, mm-hmm. and, but there's, I think there's more environments that need that. And I think it's the obligation of the followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It should start with you. It should start with us. Mm-hmm. 
It should. Why do you think it's it's not? Um, because I have lots of friends that are, you know, great Christian men and women, but in the workplace, they've not crossed that barrier to be vulnerable and just express love. You know, they feel like they have to keep that wall up. Um, why do you think that is, that there's such a, a difference in, hey, I work has got to be this way, or almost like I'm showing a sign of weakness if I if I show any expression of care. In yeah. A sense. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, look, the, our culture tells us that, mm-hmm. you know, here's here's what the rules are. Right. You know, you should work this way and you should look out for yourself and you should, you know, the principles of things like, you know, accumulation and advancement. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, you know, I work with college students and most of them, when you talk to them about, tell me about your career plans, have something to do with, I want to get a job, work my way up and make a ton of money. Right. You know, like yesterday. So, yeah. yeah so, you know, and, and, and <laughs> In so one year. I think, I think that culture, culture tells us what the rules are and mm. what the guidelines should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and unless we spend time looking at an alternative way, mm-hmm. then it's really hard. And I, I would say this is a super general statement, but it, it seems like anyway, outside looking in from my seat, I see a lot of people aren't, uh, there's not a lot of biblical literacy out there. You know, we just don't, people don't, and in, in, in fairness, I'll defend why there's not, I guess, in, in one hand is, you know, people are, there's so much distraction and busyness mm-hmm. that, you know, to, to become biblically literate, mm-hmm. you really have to spend extended periods of time in quiet and reading and prayer, like, like the whole thing of growing closer to Christ and knowing his word more mm-hmm. is what it takes to get there is the opposite of what the world says you need to get to where you want to go in the world. Mm, that's good. You know, like they don't, it's so true. they don't, it's, you know, I tell leaders a lot of times when I, uh, if I do any coaching with people, I said, look, you want the competitive advantage of today. Mm-hmm. The competitive advantage is carve out lots of extra quiet time for yourself. Wow. That's good. That's quiet nice. think time. Mm-hmm. If you, if you will intentionally carve that out and mm-hmm. as much as you can, Mm-hmm. I you will gain a competitive advantage over those all the other people who are out there working who will say, "Well, I, I don't have time to do that." I don't have time to do that. I'm too busy. But it's in the it's in the quiet and the thought that I think number one, God speaks the most. But I also mm-hmm. think it's where we can best process some of the experiences that we've had mm-hmm. and get some clarity on what going forward could mm-hmm. look like. It's like, man, you got to turn down the noise sometimes. I turned down the noise. I went to Africa for a month. <laughs> uh, well, and I've seen when you've come back, then you've had you've had good time of, for thinking. I have. And, you know, hey, here's some here's some different ways that I want to view what we're mm-hmm. doing. And yeah, when you get mm-hmm. that, then it I think it helps you on how to think towards the future. Hundred percent. That was one of the things that I mean, when I kind of showed you the schedule I was trying to manage, you we were like, "I'll tell you one thing. This gives you no time to think." And I'm like. Yeah, no, it really doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd been in that, like, I just kept adding more and more and more to my schedule, being, you know, like, to where I was just becoming a slave to that schedule. But, yeah, huge difference when you can actually pause and think and and pray and, you know, you're not just reading your Bible to check check it off the list for the day. You're actually, you know... Not going. Okay, how much more time do I do? I have enough time for you know. Another? Yeah, I know. I got to hurry here. I have to hurry and get this done. And 
I, I think too, just processing thoughts and how things are happening and being able to think and then write it down. I think that's the, that's the key part of, of why thinking creates, I think, competitive advantage for people. When we talked about love keeps no record of wrong. And one of the things that really, um, intrigued me was the story you used about, um, kind of getting passed up for a position that you thought was yours for the taking. Um, and I know that that's been kind of a struggle, I'm going to say here, but as our organization has grown, like who's the right person in the right role and, and how do you, um, wrestle with that? Like, Hey, why, why isn't it me? Um, will you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, the, the story of, uh, that particular time. Yeah. I think what was so difficult for me to uh, handle the situation in the moment mm-hmm. was I actually didn't feel like I ever got the chance for the promotion. Right. I mean, you know, our company was growing. So as you know, you get a growing company, you're adding roles and you have to add leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, there's kind of three of us all at the same level, kind of running the day-to-day business. And then one day there's somebody promoted. Right. Yeah. And, um, I think not getting the chance was what put me in a spot where, you know, you create all kinds of self-doubt and Mm -hmm. then frustration, and then you go through all this series of of emotions. And I think it always, for me, goes back to, okay, well, what's the truth? Mm -hmm. Because I know when those things are going on inside of me, I know, like, there's some lie going on. I don't... Oftentimes, I have no idea what the lie is. Mm -hmm. I just have learned internally for myself that if I have stress or uh, tension or uh, just things aren't right, I'm almost always there's a lie that's going on. And so, so I'll, I'll try to think of, well, what's, what's the lie, but then more importantly, Hey, what is, what, you know, how do, what, then what's the truth? Mm -hmm. And in this case, I remember just thinking, you know what, I got, I got screwed Mm -hmm. was what I thought. Mm-hmm. That, but that was the lie. And then the truth, as I came across what I write about in the book, just the Bible verse in, in Psalm, Psalm 75, 6 and 7, uh, there, it's etched in my brain. So uh, um, you know, f- for not from the east nor from the west comes. I always substitute the word promotion because that's mm-hmm. how, what the King James Version is, and it actually speaks to me a little bit more. But right. not from the east nor the west comes promotion. Mm-hmm. But God chooses. He picks one man up and puts another man down. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well... If God promotes, then uh, I don't think I really got screwed right. for some reason or another. It was not I was not the one for the for the position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, again, I've got hindsight to look back on it. I'm glad I, I didn't get it mm-hmm. uh, for for how I think it would have affected my life. But but th- but that wasn't the case for a long time, even mm-hmm. even after it all happened. Uh, and it was really just trusting that you know, okay, God, you got a better plan in this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way I look at promotion and advancement today. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great, uh, Proverbs 16 is another one, like Proverbs 16, one, it says, you know, man plans his way, but every answer is from the Lord. Mm. Um, and, uh, or it's in Proverbs 16, it may not be one, but it's just this idea of, look, go, go pursue things, Mm -hmm. but be, be okay when they don't happen. Mm. Um, and you know, where, where, when you decide, you know, like the idea of giving up on something, you know, like it's almost, it almost feels weird to even say that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what, then sometimes you have to give up. And, and I don't know where that point in time is. Mm-hmm. But for me, in that particular situation, like there was no uh, moment of, oh, I guess I should have tried harder. Right. 
Um, and, and that gave me a sense of peace about it. And I think in, in organizations where promotion is always a, a possibility, mm-hmm. I, I think for people to think about, hey, how do I put myself in a position for something? And how do I work in a way that I am the best candidate for it? Mm-hmm. You know, take that path. But if you're really going to apply the truth of the scripture, you have to be okay when you don't get what you want. Mm-hmm. Just tough. And I think what you, you hit on the head with the, the self-doubt, like what's wrong with me rather than what might be right for the organization, you know, at the time or whatever. Yeah. And how much it's tough. It's tough as we've grown to kind of navigate through that and um, all take on different roles that we might not have wanted or thought we were supposed to end up in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In a growing company, like sales leadership. There you go. Yeah, you have to. You kind of figure it out as you uh, as you go. And but I think that's the power of certainly of trust. It's the power of prayer. Um, But I also think it's the it's the power of really getting clear on the truth Mm -hmm. and knowing that when you're experiencing some of those feelings of you know whatever fill in the blank self doubt, lack of confidence, uh, disappointment, frustration those are those are all typically based on some type of lie that mm-hmm. that is spinning around in your head and has you jammed up. It's going to happen to everybody, hundred mm-hmm. percent of us. Mm-hmm. I think the the difference is when you're able to realize it and then go grab a truth to pull yourself out of it is really where I think people you can see some significant uh, growth or if anything you see you see a lot more peace yes. in situations. And you, I think that's so true. Right? So it's such a great way to, to think about it is it is all lies. And if we can replace the lie with the truth, um, we can leave with love. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> we can leave with love. Um, and so the, the scripture you close this chapter in with is Philippians 3, um, 13 and 14. Um, basically, uh, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press uh, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That God is forward-facing and that we can leave the baggage um, in the past um, is really... guess it's laying down those bricks. It's all those bricks we put in our backpack, Right. And then yeah. laying them down so that we can actually move forward and stop holding on to that baggage that does not allow us to lead with love. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, we, I think you make two choices. Uh, the first choice, which I think is the better one, don't pick up the brick. That's a great choice. Don't pick it up. Harder to do it's, than it's hundred Absolutely. Don't pick up the brick. I Just don't it. pick it up. Like when you get into the situation mm-hmm. where you are hit that disappointment or hit that frustration or, you know, you come up against something that could easily take you sideways, mm-hmm. like don't grab that brick and throw it in that backpack. But it, it, that's for sure hard to do. Mm-hmm. And then, then the other choice is, okay, now I've picked this thing up. I've held on to it. It's weighing me down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to get rid of it. I need mm-hmm. to. I need to toss it. And you know, my uh, as I think about that particular verse, that's the one thing I've always taken taken out of it is, look, God looks forward. Mm-hmm. God cares about what we are becoming, mm-hmm. uh, not what we were. Mm-hmm. And I, truthfully, I think about that same thing at work. Like, think about even the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? Mistakes happen. 
Yep. Uh, people do things that you're like, oh my gosh, why did you do that? And what, what do we care about? We care about how they respond. Mm -hmm. We care about how they move forward. Mm -hmm. And so when you move forward in a way that's towards like, hey, I'm going to get back on track and do this thing the right way, or I'm not going to let that thing in the, it, the, it behind me affect the way that I'm going to move forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a better way to live. Mm -hmm. You want to work around people who are able to let go of things. It's why leading with love, I think, is so important when it comes to, you know, bringing your faith into the office. Mm -hmm. Because there is plenty of people, or plenty of opportunities, I should say, to pick up bricks, throw them in a backpack, and hang on to them. I mean, plenty of opportunities. You've probably seen people like that. I mean, I know I've worked mm -hmm. with people over the years that you can just kind of see that they have a backpack filled with stuff mm -hmm. and it is weighing them down and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be that way mm -mm. so just don't pick up the brick that'd be good i wish I, I'm, I'm i'm saying that to you heather and i'm <laughs> frankly i'm telling myself that as you're I'm like oh uh, yeah no i don't need to be picking up that brick either that's for myself to remember you know gosh craig don't pick up the bricks mm -hmm. leave them be and that's the thing with all of this is it's it's progress it's moving forward it's recognizing where we can continue to grow and, and serve and support our, our team better um, and lead better, right, um, as we grow up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think I loved what you said. It's, you know, progress, progress, progress. Not perfection, yeah. right? Um, I, I learned that a long time ago. It's progress, not perfection, and I've just held on to that. So um, well, this has been great, Craig. I... Uh, I loved your book, by the way. Well, I, think I appreciate I already it. said that, but um, it was really, really insightful. There's a lot of good uh, things in there to really challenge me on my faith and the way I lead. So I appreciate that. Give uh, me some good, good things I need to work at. Progress. I need to progress in. There you go. No, I appreciate <laughs> you uh, bringing me on and getting a chance to talk about it. <laughs>